live long and prosper. Well, I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit the Frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the wonderful 150th episode of A Play on Nerds. 150 episodes. So you know it's going to be very special. I'm one of your hosts, Jarman. I'm the other host, Steve, and we're here to co-host the hell out of this thing. (laughs) That's right. What are we talking about? Today we're going to be talking about, uh, in honor of the movie Nope coming out this weekend, we're talking about the wonderful classic movie Mac and Me. Because when you're talking about groundbreaking alien movies, how can you not? talk about mac and me a movie made by when corporate greed just marries uh studio more greed. corporate greed <laughs> more corporate just, greed just two corporates <laughs> got together and just mushed and just banged for all night long until <laughs> cash flew out but then they're surprised when it just went poof a little puff it's of smoke really came out instead nothing happened so yeah go watch mac and me and then come listen to this episode if you haven't seen it already it's a it's a thing that happened German, do we have any feedback? We sure do. Uh, we have from Ooh. Facebook, from Daniel Peter Hitch, from our um, the last episode that was out for a play on nerds, I believe, which was the Hercules in New York episode. Yeah. Steve and I had a lot of problems in the intro. <laughs> and instead of re-recording it, we just let it fly. <laughs> we just went with it. So Peter Dillinger Hitch says, this is easily the most professional episode of the podcast I have ever heard. Great job, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I'll correct you. It's the greatest episode of a podcast, the most professional podcast ever. <laughs> Just throwing down the gauntlet. Just dripping with sarcasm there, Daniel, and we appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so what have you been up to since our last recording, Steve? Uh, well, uh, today, for the first time in a very long time, I went to the dentist. Mm. It's very exciting. And they said, I must take good care of my teeth because it's been so long and they haven't fallen out yet. So that was good. I'm glad you still have teeth. Me too. Uh, and I got a little bit more work this weekend. And then this past weekend, I had a birthday. Woohoo! I turned 36. How crazy is that? We're both the same age for a little while. For a little while. <laughs> uh, so here, here is the how my birthday went. And to my friend who hosted us, if, if you listen to this podcast for some reason, which I can't imagine, I'm sorry. Just in advance. Oh, no. So uh, a good a good friend who I used to work with. Uh, we start messaging and she says, Hey, we're going to be in town from this date to this date. And she's like, and, uh, my husband, Jim is going out on a hunting trip on this weekend. If you guys wanted to come down, his parents have a lovely beach house and you guys could come stay. And I was like, Hey, that happens to be my birthday. That'll be perfect. Sounds great. We'll go down, make a beach trip. I have Anna and her start talking about plans. And so we're going to go and do the beach and do the aquarium in Monterey Bay. Uh, and her husband's going to come back from camping and cook us all a really nice dinner. It's all very nice. So we go, we get there. The beach house is beautiful and big, but that's about where the expectations ended. Uh Oh, um, so it turns out it is grandma and grandpa's house and our kids effectively aren't allowed in half of the house. Like they live there. It's like their actual. No, home. they are in Cape Cod. Oh, for a family thing. I mean, that's so like that's, house, that's their main home, though. 
I think so. Yes. Okay. That's what I was trying to get. <laughs> so there's like a whole formal side of the house that, that our kids are no, non grata. Wow. The part of the house we are allowed in is like the combined kitchen and like living room. Mm-hmm. So we're all shoved into really this tiny space for the majority of the trip. Um, and then even at night when the kids are down, uh, her child was sleeping directly under that kitchen living room. So we had to like whisper and literally tiptoe. Oh no. <laughs> so like anytime the kids weren't up, I, we just had to kind of like sit quietly. Oh, God. Right. Really, okay. So birthday so vacation already, there. <laughs> right. Already like not ideal, but I'm like, it's okay. We're going to get it tomorrow. We're going to go to the aquarium. Yeah. We'll get ice cream. It'll still be good. And so that's when my, my ex coworker goes, uh, so we tried to take Juanita last week and she really freaked out. So it's okay with you. Can we not go to the aquarium? And I'm like trying to be in a, like accommodating guest. And I go, of course, there's something else we can do. And she goes, well, there's this place that's by this river. It's about 40 minutes away. And they've got, it, it, there's like a bar and a restaurant and there's places for kids to go down and play. And there's okay. chairs in the creek. And I was like, that sounds great. Sure. Sure. Sounds great. So we'll go down in the morning. Oh no, no, no. It'll be too cold in the morning. So we'll go in the afternoon. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we get ready to go in the afternoon. We just like, it's now my birthday. I sit around doing nothing all morning and then have to sit quietly because the kids are napping. Oh God. Like that's my birthday so far. <laughs> um, and so we're getting ready to go. And she gets a call from her husband who lets her know that the place, the inlet we were going to go to is closed for a private event that afternoon. Oh my God. So now it's like, oh, we didn't get up and go to the aquarium. And now, now the fun river is off. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. In town, there's this garden, this like community garden that's attached to like uh, a restaurant and beer garden sort of thing. So you put, you, there's a place to play cornhole. There's places for the kids to run around. You can get a beer. And I said, you know what? That sounds like the perfect thing. And she's like, and then we'll come home and my husband will cook, cook a really nice dinner. Sure. And I was like, great. Yeah. Let's go do that. Go grab a beer for you. Just blow off some steam. And then she goes and tells her kid and her kid like basically dictates no. And wants to go to a park. So we took the children to a playground. Uh, so, so far on my birthday, I've woken up, hung out with children and basically babysat. Went to a playground, sat quietly while they napped. And then took them to a playground. Oh God! So now, now it's like, okay, well, her husband's going to come home from camping and make just a great dinner. Awesome. Mm. So he comes home and there's just two dudes with him who have decided they're not going to drive home that night. They're going to spend the nights. Now there's just two random additional dudes in the house. Okay. He says, she says he's still going to cook dinner. Great. And then it changes to, well, he's decided he's going to order pizza. The guys are going to eat with us. And then they're all going to go back out and go drinking. And then that changes to, he is ordering us two picked pizzas and him and the guys are going drinking. Wow. So this guy like shows up, him and his buddies grab showers because they've been camping all weekend. And then they go out for beers. And so you got pizza for your birthday and got to go to a park with children and sit quietly. That was, that was the downgrade from like a spectacular weekend at a beach paradise was whittled down to that situation. That is terrible. Uh, but some shining spots. It wasn't all bad. That night, uh, Anna was getting the kids down. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see a friggin' sunset. Yeah. So I walked my butt, you know, probably four blocks to the beach, got down there and Anna texted me and she'd gotten out of the room 
which I wasn't sure she's gonna be able to. So she rushed over. So we got to sit and take in the sunset. Oh, take in, take some nice pictures. And we went back and then basically on that, on that walk, I was like, you know what? We weren't planning on doing this, but tomorrow morning we're going to get up. We're going to get out of this house early. We're just going to get away from this. And we're going to go to the aquarium in Monterey. Hell yeah. We're going to do a morning with the kids. We're going to get ice cream. And then we're going to come home and have a nice dinner. Yeah. And we made, we made all those things happen. Damn so, right. You did. So that, the next day was like, that. okay, this is the birthday. This is the last time I put my birthday in like someone else's hands. And also, I hate to say this, but this is also why you don't let your children dictate your activities. Right. I'm not, I'm uh, not a parent. I guess I have no place to say that, but you are a parent and you say that's not what happens. And Patrick would never allow that to happen either with his kids. I know. So, I mean, that's the only people I have to go off of. And it's yeah, just, and, and the, but the other thing is, is that even when your kids, because sometimes kids do this and you're right, like parents, sometimes you're like, I know they're just not going to do this. Then you like don't besmirch or don't make other people change your plans. Right. That's you guys true. go to the aquarium in the morning. And how about we'll meet you in a park at a park in the afternoon? Perfect. That would have been you great. You don't besmirch other people for getting to go do things because your kid is crap. <laughs> kid is crap. I hope they don't listen to this. I know, Hallie. I'm so sorry. It was just so frustrating. I think she would understand. It was so frustrating, <laughs> but it was so great sorry. to see you. It was great playing games with you. I miss working with you. <laughs> and the game that we played that you taught us is the radical recommend later this episode, because it Very was another nice. one of the shining moments of this weekend. Oh, good. I'm excited to hear what it is later. What uh, about you? What the hell have you been up to, man? That was something. <laughs> that was something. Not as much as that, but uh, uh, one of my good buddies, uh, David Horgan, he's a really cool nerd like me, uh, but he has, I like to think myself that way, but he's into a lot of great movies and theater, and so he's kind of got the, the tap on what's going on culturally in that way. But what's really neat is he uh, invited me to go with him and a couple of our friends to a movie called um, The Mad God, and basically it's made by this guy named Phil Tippett. If that name sounds familiar... It's because he's basically done all of the major stop motion that you've seen in any big budget film because it's not used much anymore, but over the past like 40 years. And I believe his father did it, too, for like Ray Harryhausen and stuff, too, back in the day. So it's like a family thing. But now Phil Tippett's easily in his late 60s, early 70s. Um, he worked on Jurassic Park, and then they scrapped a lot of what he did for Jurassic Park to change it to CGI. But then they used his stop-motion animation test that he did to inform all the like movement exactly. for the computerized dinosaurs. And if you've seen uh, so the, the movies that made us, another thing I've recommended on the show before, he's on this the Jurassic Park episode a lot. So when David said, oh, there's this movie that Phil Tippett, I'm like, I know who that is. And he's like who's been making this, trying to make this movie for 30 years. And he finally got enough funding to finish it. And so it's been like 30 years in the making. And it was weird as hell called Mad God. I think it's also on Shudder, but it's also going to theaters around the nation, kind of like um, a limited release kind of thing. It was at the end. It it's a Shudder original. Is it a Shudder original? Oh, that's what this says. I didn't realize that. But yeah, they are screening it at like indie theaters and stuff. And it is there's no dialogue it's all stop motion but there's also some real actors in it throughout and weird parts um but it's dark it's gritty it's gory uh there's some sexual things in it it's really strange and surreal uh but if you're into that kind of stuff give it a shot <laughs> so that's wow. a thing i was like wow this is this guy's opus at the end of his life and he just really wanted to make this strange as hell thing but you're watching the whole thing you're like oh my god i can't believe this is all stop motion this must have taken forever and yes it did take like 30 years uh-huh um and then the other cool thing is I do trivia a lot with my with my fiance, and uh, we've the last two weeks gotten first place both times. And I know it's a silly little thing in a bar in our little town, but we're just so proud of ourselves. We're finally just catching up. We also added two people to our group that are great, and so 
But we got first place twice in a row, and you get 40 bucks off your next bill. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Whoa, dude, keep on drinking. <laughs> that's right. I just had Diet Coke this last time, so that's maybe that's why Have we're winning. two next time. <laughs> so that's all I've been up to, uh, but I think that brings us over to some nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, this week my cheeky story has a cheeky title, and that's, hey, uh, got something in your face in your teeth i'm tired <laughs> something in your teeth prison scientists have new evidence that megalodon the giant shark that died out only a few million years ago uh is a tr- what's called a trophic predator hmm. meaning not only was it the top of the food chain but it was at the top of the food chain in a way that no other predator has been so what they do is uh Measuring nitrogen isotopes has been a way for ecologists to figure out how high on the food chain something is for a long time, because the more nitrogen isotopes, it means the more like body parts consumed, basically. Mm. And there are little bits of this nitrogen in shark's teeth, but up until recently, they haven't been able to extract them. Well, they figured out how they did it on a bunch of megalodon teeth that they had aged, like dated and uh, sized. And basically found that megalodons were not only predators, but they were predators who ate other predators who ate other predators. <laughs> uh, there's even evidence that with specifically high, there, there are some specimens that are specifically high in specific time periods, that they were regular cannibals. Ooh. So not only were they at the top of the marine food chain in a way that no other predator had been, but there was a food chain within their own species. Wow. So if you're scared to go in the water now, I mean, it's nothing compared to then. <laughs> Jesus. So that's a, uh, hey, uh, you've got something in your teeth. It's another megalodon that's in your teeth. <laughs> that's right. Well, I guess that brings us over to our main segment, uh, Mac and Me. That's right. Uh, this gem from 88, I think. Yes, 88. I was two years old when it came out. <laughs> um, this thing is something else. And it's often referenced specifically when Paul Rudd goes on any Conan O'Brien show and uses a clip from it instead of showing his current project. If you haven't done it, do yourselves a favor, folks. Go to YouTube and search Paul Rudd, Conan O'Brien, Mac and Me. And there's a great compilation or two online which show the whole thing. Just watch. It's like maybe 13 minutes. It's worth your time. The- the most recent one is the most brilliant because it is Paul Rudd on his podcast. Yeah. On Conan's podcast. Yeah. He does it and on audio. He sells like a four minute thing about this project he's been working on. It's like a web series kind of uh, like a radio show and all the actors he's working with, the writers. And he goes, and what it's about. And this woman, you know, from New Orleans and. Uh, and he goes on and on and on. And he goes, we got a clip. Can we play it? And he somehow plays the clip. From Mac and me. That's the idea. We didn't really mention that he basically goes on Conan, sets up a clip like you do on those talk shows. Yeah. And then then when he he goes to play the clip, it's the same crazy clip from Mac and me every single time. And you can see uh, Paul Rudd not aging basically over, you know, 20 years. Yeah, because he's a vampire. Yeah. And Conan O'Brien aging over 20 years. Every time he goes on Conan and shows that clip, he sucks a little life out of Conan and keeps it for (laughs) himself. And uses it for himself. That's why he keeps doing it. So that's why I was so glad to finally see this movie because I've seen those clips over the years. I used to, I've watched Conan since I was a kid, um, so now I finally know what the hell it's from by watching this movie. So Man, it's great context. 
Well, this movie is some uh, a group of aliens on a dusty planet hitch a ride on a NASA probe gathering samples back on Earth. They escape, but the littlest one is separated. He makes a daring run for it, eventually jumping into a car and making his way past a government checkpoint. He goes home with the family he stowed away with and the youngest son, Eric, figures out there's something going on in the house. However, him and his brother get blamed for the alien shenanigans. Eric then tries to trap the alien, capturing him shortly in a vacuum cleaner with the help of his new friend, Debbie. The alien, who he calls Mac, blows out the power grid, drawing the attention of government agents who are looking for him. Once released, Max fixes the, Mac fixes the house up real nice, and Eric disguises him as a teddy bear in order to take him to a birthday party at McDonald's. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the government is watching and trying to capture them. They follow them to the McDonald's, but they're rescued by Eric's brother and some random woman, I think is their neighbor, and also works at McDonald's. Uh, and they decide they're going to reunite Mac with his family. Mac leads the way, like just pointing them out to the desert, who they find them in a mine just dying of thirst and they resurrect them with Coca-Cola. Like you do. <laughs> uh, they load them up in the van. Uh, they stop at a gas station when the aliens get out and go to a grocery store and cause a panic. The dead alien even grabs a gun at one point. There is a shootout, an explosion where I think it's implied that the dad alien shoots the kid in the wheelchair or one of the cops. Oh, yeah, shoots Eric's the in kid. a wheelchair. I think it hasn't of, come up before this point. Yeah. Um, and then in a sign of like good faith, the aliens use their magic whistling to bring the boy back to life. Yay. And the government is so pleased that they give them citizenship. Movie ends with them taking their citizenship vow. Uh, they're the picture of the American nuclear family. They drive off in a pink Cadillac with the promise of a sequel that thank God they didn't keep. <laughs> and that is Mac and me. Mac and me. I wish there was a song that had the words Mac and me in it, but there's not. Um, all right. So some, let's talk about both of our likes, and then we'll get into the, the bad stuff. Sounds good. So this was honestly not as bad as I seem to remember from a story perspective. So you had seen it before? As a kid, absolutely. Oh, I had not. Um um, from a yeah. story perspective, this was better than I remembered it. That's exactly what uh, my first thing was, because I said it, it's just as good as a lot of the other 80s kids movies I saw. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, actually. And for what it was, there was some decently good acting. Uh, Christine, Christine Evers has gone on to become a long running actress with a lot of big credits. Oh, the mom. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Ward, who played the older brother, uh, he's done a bunch of voice acting. But one of them is the main character in Fern Gully. Oh, very Zach. nice. Uh, and then Danny Cooksey, who had a short role, he became a big time child actor with roles in Nickelodeon, Salute Your Shorts, Terminator 2. And he's since also gone on to do a crap ton of voice work in animated shows like Invader Zim, Dave the Barbarian, and Hey Arnold the Movie. Who was that in the movie? He's is a little redhead kid who was in the car when his dad hit Mac in that ridiculous Oh, that kid. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. He's a Salute Your yeah. Shorts kid. You're right. Uh, and then... So this movie gets a lot of flack because right in the middle, there's basically a commercial for McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Right. That is literally what happens. They come up on a bunch of hip hop dancing teens in a parking lot. These kids go into a party where Ronald McDonald is personally performing and hosting there's the party, decorations basically. up all over the place. There's random dance numbers happening in multiple locations. Choreographed. And I know it gets lampooned a lot, but honestly, this was one of the highest production value things in the movie. <laughs> the dancing was pretty good. There's an actual soundtrack piece to go with it. 
Uh, we got Ronald doing magic. And you know what? I don't think there needs to be a reason why so many people know and can do the same dance. <laughs> Flash mobs happen all the time. Mac and me was just ahead of its time. And it had two future stars in that scene. What? It had Nikki Cox, who's not so big anymore, but in the 90s and 2000s, she got pretty big on TV shows and stuff mm-hmm. as being the hot chick in a lot of different things. And then the very first role of Jennifer Aniston. She is one of the little wow. girls in one of the shots in this in this. Uh, you can find her the clip on the online. I thought her first movie was Leprechaun, but apparently that was her first speaking role. Yeah, but, her first like big role, probably. But she is actually this is her very first time ever in a film. And she's a little kid in one of the dance scenes. Jennifer Aniston. So, so yeah, I think it gets lampooned <laughs> a lot. But honestly, it's one of the highest production pieces in the entire movie. <laughs> well, uh, John, my- what are some things that you liked? <laughs> um I, I, I I'm not as big of a fan of the McDonald's scene as you because it it um it, it kind of took me out of the movie. It didn't feel like the rest of the movie, but yeah, it's like the best. See, was, I wasn't in the movie, so it made it easier. <laughs> but no, I, I felt it was just as good, like you said, as other 80 kids movies I've seen. Yeah. Um, I also the practical effects for the time weren't that bad. Um, like they don't they didn't age very well, but like I've seen a lot worse from that time period. Like there was these full costumes they had to make for the adults. And then the actual full animatronic uh, puppet when he's not walking around. Um, they're pretty good. Um, so I thought the effects were actually not that bad. Um, and then they had some computer effects in the early on in the 80s where they had to suck them into the vacuum cleaner and stuff. Like, that's pretty good computer effects for the very late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the acting wasn't bad. Especially these kids were fully devoted uh, to those, you know, flaunting around an alien and everything. Oh, yeah, at the end, everyone's crying, screaming. Yeah, the kid's dying on the ground. He gets shot. It's just terrible. So they did pretty well. Did the dead the dead alien shot him, right? No, I thought a police officer shot him. See, but like the the dead alien shot one shot. It was like out randomly their direction and then everything blew up. So I thought that they were and I had to rewatch it like three times. I guess it's just in the chaos. You're not sure. You were so confused why suddenly everything blew up. (laughs) And of course, one of my other likes is the wonderful scene where they throw a boy off a w- cliff who's in a wheelchair <laughs> and then they I shoot mean, a kid is- in a wheelchair later on. They, this movie hates yeah, dude, they, boys in wheelchairs. Kid, man. <laughs> so what do you dislike about the film? Um, so I was going to say it's just as bad as I remember from a creature's defects perspective. <laughs> I know you, you just gave it some credit there, but. It's kind of weird and creepy. <laughs> they made the aliens distinct, but they That's also true. made them so goofy that it was really hard to take anything serious involving them. They also walked really weird. They walked really weird. Once again, like they really, they, those actors and the director committed to this thing, but it was so goofy. They could only whistle because their mouths are permanently in a circle. Right. Exactly. And they used straws and stuff, man. <laughs> um, and I thought the Mac puppet, I agree, was a good puppet, but anytime they had to do major movement, it just fell apart. When they show Mac running and it's just clearly like him on a board and someone jostling him. <laughs> or it, they cut away and it's a small person in a costume. Right, right, right. And that's the other thing is they were so goofy and so clumsy. It made it even more suspension of disbelief that they could get off a military base. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the, the beginning of the movie, it does really start strong and it is well paced. Everything leads to a next thing as far as like the aliens get sucked in. They escape. They have to get out. The little kids get separated. The parents run off. The little kid hops a ride. He's home with the people. People try to figure it out. That actually is a pretty good, well-paced opening. 
But then about 25 minutes in, it just completely doesn't know what to do. Mm. Everything slows down. The portion of the movie where it's like, does the alien really exist? Can I befriend the alien? Just was too long. And that's when you get like that ridiculous off the cliff scene. Yeah. <laughs> is in there. Um, it just, that, that middle spot just went, just they, they vamped. It felt like, uh, and the, and it became very obvious very quickly that they were going to save the boy. Like there's no way the kid in the wheelchair was going to die in this kid's film. I would have been very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I would have been so pleasantly surprised, but it didn't happen. Once it made it clear that they were going to use like, you know, alien magic or something and bring him back. That ritual, that scene was like a minute and a half too long. Yeah. Just, that's true. I mean, it was like three to four minutes of just whistling noises and hand motions and looking at people's faces as it was happening. Face. Yeah. Face. Um, face. That, it just, once again, it felt like, oh man, we got to add two minutes onto this movie. How are we <laughs> going to do it? I'm just, everyone move real slow and cry. We'll film it from every angle. <laughs> um, so those are some of the, the worst parts. Uh, something I noticed the, towards even the beginning of the movie was like, hey, the music in this is pretty good. So I looked up who did the music and it was Alan Silvestri, who's done so many movies you've heard of, like Forrest Gump and Predator and everything else in the world. Um, but I feel like they only got like three songs out of him for this. And so like they just kind of repeated the same song over and over again. And then they used music in scenes that was like unnecessary. So it just kind of distracted me a lot of times. There's too much music happening, but it was good music. It's just it was a lot of it. Um, I can see that. And, you know, just the McDonald's scene was weird and out of place. But, I mean, it was a well-choreographed number. You, you kind of made that point. It was um, a great commercial. But other than that, I didn't mind this movie. I thought it was entertaining. It was interesting. It did drag at some parts. But the kids were engaging. And the, the I cared about what happened to little Mac. So uh, I don't know why they called him Mac because we never got that explanation. Uh, it was mysterious alien creature. But they don't say that in the movie. <laughs> I think the kid maybe says it once. Really? I don't even think I ever Maybe. heard it. Maybe I missed it. it. It's not great. It's no, it's no ET. Like that's <laughs> clearly what this whole thing was about. Was it, ET? Yeah, it was supposed to be real. I mean, we can get into some of that in the trivia, which is what I was going to jump into right Ooh. now. So Jade Caligori, who plays the lead character Eric in the wheelchair, he has spina bifida and has a wheelchair in real life, and he's um, still around today. He's doing well, and he's just not an actor anymore. But he. Um, He's an artist online. He's a photographer. So good for him. Um, whenever Paul Rudd appeared in the, light show, the Late Show with Conan O'Brien, he did this, as we talked about, and it's been going mm -hmm. on ever since. It'll probably go on for 20 years. Uh, the McDonald's scenes were all shot in a city of in City of Industry, California, just outside Los Angeles. The set was a real-life McDonald's built specifically for crew member training and television commercials only. So everything inside worked, but it never served a real customer. And when it wasn't being used, it was locked up behind a chain link fence and it was torn down and then rebuilt in 2006. So it's still there to this day, but a new version of it, uh, but not used for customers, which is funny. Uh, Coca-Cola and McDonald's backed the movie, thus the numerous references to both of those products in this film. The film has an extremely rare and terrible rotten tomato score of zero percent, <laughs> which I've seen much worse movies than this. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> There, yes, I will agree with that. There are less coherent, worse movies than this. But I get that Rotten Tomatoes is based off of is it a good review or a bad review? And you're probably going to get many good reviews of this movie. Right. Um, part of the film's box office intake was donated to the Ronald McDonald House charities, which so people should be nicer to this film, I think. Okay. Uh, this film, I used to volunteer at the Ronald McDonald House. In Orlando. Th there you go. Uh, this film ends with a freeze frame and the superimposed title will be back, as Stephen mentioned earlier. 
Uh, but it was such a dismal box office failure that the proposed sequel was never made. And Kim Basinger and Angelica Houston were each offered the lead female role of the mother, but both declined smartly. Uh, as Stephen mentioned earlier, MAC or MAC is an acronym for Mysterious Alien Creature. And in a review in the Washington Post, Richard Harrington wrote, In fact, Mac and me could just as well have been called OT, the other terrestrial. Uh, so frequent and clumsy are its references to ET, the extraterrestrial. Forget about calling home. ET, call lawyer. <laughs> so, That's right. But when Steven Spielberg was once asked if he was ever tempted to take legal action against the filmmakers for copying the story of his beloved E.T. the Extraterrestrial, he jokingly said he didn't want to get blamed for making anybody else watch it in order to make comparisons. <laughs> so right. good for him. And the last little thing is uh, interesting. In the Japanese release and possibly in other foreign releases, Eric, the lead in the guy in the wheelchair, is shot dead in the end. And when a policeman's gun accidentally discharges. But that was excised from the American release which gives the impression that maybe Eric was killed by the blunt force from the gas tank explosion, or you're not really sure how he dies. I think it looks like the dad shot him, the dad alien. But in the Japanese, in the original release, basically, you clearly see that a cop shoots him. But yeah, you're right. In this one, it's not really clear. Maybe the alien shot him. Maybe the explosion killed him. We we don't know. But Man, it's crazy. um, And there's also stuff about how, like, um, you can see an actor, the actor who's a doctor shows up. He holds his hands up, and there's blood all over his hands. They cut that out, too, which is interesting. (laughs) But so that was a uh, Mac and me. And in it honor sure of this alien was. business, we have a game for Steven. Um, I'm going to call it. Where do they come from? And I'm going to give Steven the name of an alien. Okay. And he has to tell me what fran- movie franchise or single singular movie does that. Okay. Come thank God. I don't have to tell you like a planet or something. No, just what movie or movie franchise are those? Okay. And they're all pretty darn big movies. So yeah, I, I can pretty, I can probably do. I mean, they're hard, but they're from big movies. So if you think hard about it and uh, on the if you see on the page there, you can look at the names because so they're spelled weird. Right, so I might, I might say them wrong. OK, I'll look. Um, but I'm going to go to my notes so I know what the answers are. <laughs> All right. So, Steve, are you ready for where do they come from? Let's rock it. OK, let's get my uh, my wrong and right soundboard ready here. I mean, I just need the wrong one, really. Okay, so the first one we have is Yautja. Uh, that is Oops. the name, the real name of the Predator. Yeah, that is correct. I did not know that. <laughs> Good job. They talk about it much more in the comics and stuff. Oh, you've read the comics. Well, look at that. Not really, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> that makes more sense. Okay, now it's all clear. <laughs> I watch YouTube videos, so I don't have to read the comics. <laughs> exactly. Now we have the number two, the Azagosians, Azagians. That's why I wrote them down for you, because I'm going to say them so wrong. (laughs) I have no idea what that's from. Not a clue, even a little. All right. The Azagians is the race of E.T. Man, shit. Which are also technically Star Wars canon, because they're in the uh, Galactic Senate. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're (laughs) definitely canon. So number three, the Navi. Uh, They are from Pandora. And from Avatar. That is correct. Uh, number four, we have the Polypqua. Polypqua. Not a clue. That doesn't even look. <laughs> nope. So another big movie that uh, almost it will be getting a sequel soon. It's called District 9. Oh, I didn't know what it was called. It's called the right. So number five should be an easy one. The Xenomorphs. Alien. That is correct. Number six. This is a fun one. Where are the Cyclos from? 
They are from planet Cyclo, and they are from Battlefield Earth. Oh my god, how did you remember that? Because we reviewed it. I didn't did remember that being the name it. of them. All right, so number seven. Because it was so stupid. We're Cyclos from the planet Cyclo, and there was John Travolta going, ah! <laughs> that movie's oh, so man. bad. Go watch our episode, or listen to our episode of that. Uh, number seven, Clowns with a K. Uh, because of the way it's spelled, I'm going to say it's from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There you go. Yeah. Now, here's a hard one. All right, here's number eight. It's a movie you do know. Okay. Uh, the Devarorians. Devarorians. I don't. I've got nothing. I'm sure I know it, but Star Wars. What are they? What are they? They're the devil horn guys that hang out in the bar. (laughs) Man, the hell with that. That's fair. All right. So this one you definitely know as well. Big franchise. Star Wars. Big franchise. Number nine, the Zen Huberis. Star Trek. No. You want to try one more time? Star Wars. No. (laughs) I got nothing. It is from the MCU. So the Guardians Galaxy. It's it's Gamora's race, the Zen Huberis. I did not know that, but I looked it up just for this quiz. I see your game now. And this one's a little iffy. Um, Playing with fire here, but number 10, the Shokan. That's Mortal Kombat. Yes. (laughs) And they are from outworld right and that is uh goro's race uh yeah, the the Shokan. people and shiva and shiva and K- kintaro i believe Who they killed off in mortal kombat the second one because they ran out of budget what kintaro uh no uh shiva oh the the female at one point her character is just suddenly crushed by some a falling thing and they did it because they just ran out of money <laughs> she was too hard to keep up she I- had to die that scene Oh, that that checks out. So let's see here. You got the Predators. You did not get the Asgonians. I got four, Um, five. You did not get the uh, Devorians, the Huberis. So you got one, six, two, three, four, five, six. You got six out of ten. Wow. All right. Good. I'll take it. (laughs) Very nice. Very well done. But I think that brings us to our next segment of Radical Recommends. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. This week's Radical Recommends uh, is a game that we played on my birthday and that weekend that was nice and quiet as we hid from the children. Uh, that I've really started to enjoy and to the point where before we even left, I ordered a copy for our for our place. And that is the the game Azul. Mm. It is a tile collection and placement game where you have to prioritize what kind of tiles you want to pick up, thwart other people by picking up the tiles they need. And you're trying to fill out the sort of mosaic game board with different combinations equaling different points in the end. Sounds very nerdy and fun. It's very nerdy and fun. The games go pretty quick once you once you get the game it goes pretty rapid um and is just strategic enough but just simple enough that i enjoy it and don't get too mad at it <laughs> uh so azul is my radical recommend check it out how it's like the min- minimum players would you say two you can play with two and oh, the perfect. game with two isn't that isn't that bad very nice three or three or four is better okay i didn't mean to hit the button that's 
I guess we're moving on. No, no. And you're being called off. Finish your Oscar speech. <laughs> Play me off. <laughs> no, it sounds great. I, we actually played a game uh, at my buddy's house over Fourth of July. I forgot Fourth of July happened since we last talked too. But uh, mm. uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I love just I love complicated card games that take a long time to learn and then you play them and don't get to finish them. That's what I like to do. <laughs> well, play Azul because you can do a round takes two to six minutes depending on the amount of players, and a full game probably a half hour, maybe forty minutes if you really let it go. That's really not bad at all. Yeah, I like it. Well, now we can move on to some trailer reviews. So, uh, as the time of this recording, you probably won't hear this. It's probably been on a couple of weeks by the time you hear this. But the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power from Amazon Prime Video, the new series coming out. They just released their uh, main teaser. It's about two and a f- hour, two minutes and 15 seconds. Um, it's pretty good. And it looks and feels to me a lot like the Peter Jackson series of films. But what did you think, Steve? So, I don't, I don't know yet. I think it it feels more whimsical and lighter than the Peter Jackson films. And that way I kind of disagree with your take on the oh, tone. All right. I thought that they were pretty said, whimsical. Themselves. It is lighter times from middle earth perspective. So maybe that's a conscious choice. That's true. Um, but I don't know. I think we've already learned our lesson about trying to capture that lightning in a bottle a second time. And it was called the Hobbit trilogy Ooh. and it was very much a letdown. So, it's hard for me to be like really gung ho to get into it again, but of course I hope it's great. Well, what I like about this compared to the Hobbit endeavor, which they took a tiny book and tried to make it into three movies. Whereas this yeah, is taking a giant breath of mat- thick, dense material of the backstory of middle earth that even surpasses the Lord of the Rings itself and making it into a TV show. You got a lot of space to move around and work with. Whereas the Hobbit, that was them turning you know, a, n- a nice book into like so much crap because it was just way too much filler that didn't exist. Um, but now they're like really exploring the source material that they have a lot of stuff to play with. And these are all real names. To them. Well, not all of them actually, they've had some new characters are even adding in, but, um, but yeah, I, I, so that's why I'm not as worried as the, with the Hobbit, which sucked. I think it has more room to breathe. If that Do makes you sense. think we'll get to meet young Gandalf? I don't think he was ever young, <laughs> but, but yeah, we might meet a young old Gandalf. <laughs> I think they just, they were placed there and their mate, they were already that age looking, but maybe they weren't, maybe they'll, they'll go with a different storyline. Um, but actually at this point, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't think they came. Maybe they came in. This I don't know age. when this is supposed to be said. So it's a second age. I believe the first age is like gods and stuff. And so it wouldn't have been very accessible to people to watch. This is the second age, and the Lord of the Rings is during the third age. So I think the 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 wizards actually come at the end of this age. So he's not even as old as like Galadriel and stuff who's in these trailers. Uh, so maybe they'll come at the end of the show. We'll just see a Gandalf arrive. Well, we get to see Sauron in his human form in this show, which is going to be cool. Hmm. Okay. Back in this time, Sauron was like a beautiful um, noble who they didn't know he was in disguise as as a human. And he went by a different name, and I'm forgetting that name. But then he like tricked the Melkor. Melkor yeah. was the guy before, um, right? He's the guy that Sauron serves, right? He was like the god god above Sauron. Um, anyway, it gets Maiar. Yeah, he's a Ma- yes. Look at you. <laughs> I know like three to four things. <laughs> but anyways, check out the trailer. It looks pretty cool. Um, I'm hopeful. 
I understand uh, Stephen's concerns, but uh, I mean, yeah, of course I'm sure. And you're maybe right. It's like a lighter time, so maybe things are lighter and they'll get darker as the show goes on. But uh, people are uh, so yeah. uh, this one I'm gonna give. It's just a room full of Raul Julia's, all wearing elf ears, <laughs> and one Gary Busey dressed as Yoda comes in and goes, "Is this a rap movie?" And all the Raul's simultaneously go, "Shh, the trailer's about to start." <laughs> Uh, this is a, uh, for me, just a short film of Raul Julia's playing every role in Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> just that's how I good would it have is. done it better. <laughs> and guess who's watching that short film? Gary Busey. It's Gary Busey. He's and- the only reviewer. <laughs> well, this is getting a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of our lovely 150th episode of A Play on Nerds. That's right. Join us next time for the triumphant return of copycat cinema when we're going to talk about the 2013 political dramas. Olympus has fallen and White House down. Because we might as well. Because our you thought we were going to get serious there for a second, huh? Our government's falling apart, so you know, just a little bit. So why not? <laughs> uh, we'll keep on coming back to being our nerdy audience, and we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?